Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. I can almost read my bulletin this morning. All right, so we know several people are not here this morning because day this week. No birthdays, okay. How about anniversaries? Anybody have an anniversary this past week? No, no. All right, moving right along then. Uh, our announcements this morning. Uh, the area men's fellowship is uh, tomorrow evening at Zoa Christian Church. They are having a meal, so you'll eat, eat at 6.30 and the program is at 7.30. Also, uh, the Christmas light ministry uh, will come online Thanksgiving evening. That's the plan. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, make that happen. Uh, yesterday's workday got canceled because of all the snow. Uh, it's kind of hard to work when you can't see what you're working on. <laughs> uh, and, you, and you're afraid you're going to fall down while you're doing it. So... <laughs> Uh, that's uh, going to take a little more. And, of course, this morning we have our Wayne Wants to Know in the, uh, in the bulletin. Wayne Wants to Know, which Bible character was the best musician? Samson. He brought the house down. Literally. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, let's... Uh, Go ahead then, and we will. Uh, oh, are the uh, music are the singers meeting after church this morning too? So there's another announcement. Uh, those of us that are going to be participating in the uh, in the Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving season singing, uh, please remain after church for a few moments so we can uh, study. <laughs> All right. Then we will go ahead and get our opening hymn going, which is number 95, if you want to follow along in your hymnal. Uh, Brother Bob's going to lead us in that, and then we'll have our opening prayer after the Revive Us Again. Good morning. Good to see everybody here. And no, you're not late. We're just getting started. Let's turn to uh, number 95. Revive us again. Stand and sing.
Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? I can do that. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this beautiful day. Lord, we uh, watched the snow yesterday, and as we saw all of the white looking out, we were reminded of your beauty, of your holiness, of your purity. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Small things can bring to us a reminder of your goodness. And so, Lord, this morning, we humble ourselves before you, who is the almighty God. We come and we ask, Lord, that you will be with us in this service this morning, that you will guide everything that is said and done And that you will move in our hearts and in our minds and draw us closer to you and closer to one another. May love lead. Lord, love leads us in a direction that even if we are wrong, we feel the need to repent. So let your love lead and then let your grace fix what is broken within us. Please, Lord, have mercy on us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number uh, 254. Oh, how he loves you and me. Jim Rominger has our communion meditation. The meditation I chose this morning was uh, the grandfather clock. So there is a legend about a grandfather clock that stood in the corner for three generations, faithfully ticking away the minutes, hours, and days. Means of operation was a heavy weight suspended by a double chain. One of its new owners, believing that an old clock should not bear such a load, Release the weight. Immediately, the ticking stopped. And according to the legend of the clock, ask, Why did you do that? 
The owner replied, I wanted to lighten your load. The clock answered, please put my weight back, for that's what keeps me going. All too often, we try to remove the very things that keep us going. Yes. The things that make us worthy of the air we breathe and the space we occupy. As we take a backward glance at our lives, we must confess that much of what has contributed to our character was achieved through conflict. Much of what people admire and praise in us came through the double doors of opposition frustration, and frustration. In simpler words, we're like that suggestion box. A certain man moved to the country where he was visited regularly by his city friends. Each one had some suggestion to make for ways he could improve his farm. Finally, he put up a suggestion box for the city fellers. The suggestion box was rather unique in that it was made without a bottom and was hung directly over a wastebasket. The grandfather clock, life's weights keeps us going. Thus, we shouldn't try to get rid of the very things that give us our strength, especially since there's a source of help in bearing the burden of this life, is Jesus Christ. Amen. It's promised, he's promised to help us whenever we need that help, if we're a child of God. Paul said, regarding his thorn in the flesh, concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than the that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians uh, 12, 8 and 10. And Paul also said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we sometimes don't realize that our strength comes from you. We need to do things on our, we try to do things on our own and fail miserably. I pray that you guide us through these periods in our lives that we try to do things on our own. You are our strength to help us bear the burdens of this world. Amen. Let's take a few moments and just consider what, what God has done for us, what his grace has, has meant for us.
when Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover dinner. Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Eat ye of it. And in like manner he took the cup after they had eaten. And he blessed it, poured it out among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Stand for the doxology, please. Let's uh, let's turn to number 516. Soldiers of Christ arise. The uh, words may be a little different from what you have heard, but the tune is one that we uh, we should all all know and remember. we continue on here in the uh, book of Mark in our study. We're ready this morning for uh, verses 31 through 37, the healing of a deaf and mute man. So we will read the scripture. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh, said to him, Ephephtha. 
which means be open. At this, the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Thank you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. So he's moving on. Now, uh, the commentaries pointed out uh, that he would be backtracking here to go from the area of Sidon back through Tyre and then back through Sidon again. So I'm not sure if they're correct about that because I don't know the lay of the land there. But many pointed out that he would have been going around the long way. However, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do that if you choose to do that. And, you know, uh, the Lord can do whatever he wants to do. (laughs) Amen? Amen? But... He had been looking for a place where uh, they could take a break, where they could take a rest. So that could possibly explain if he went around out of his way some so that he could avoid some of the uh, people. But we know that everywhere he went, somebody recognized him and boom, there he goes right back at it. Never had a chance to take that break. And so... He left the vicinity of Tyre, went through Sidon and down the Sea of Galilee and come to the Decapolis. Now, Deca is 10. This is the 10 cities, Uh, you know, like the Decalogue, the 10 commandments, the 10 cities. There's 10 cities there. So that means that within these 10 cities, we don't know how large these cities were, but, you know, hundreds of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people in each city. We don't know for sure. However... As he gets there, you can only imagine that once the word gets out, how many people are curious. Uh, how, many of you, uh, how many of you remember when Billy Graham came to town? Anybody? And wasn't there a draw? I mean, wasn't there a lot of interest in wanting to go and, and, and participate in what Billy Graham was doing? Because there, you knew that he was doing the Lord's work. You knew that he was uh, helping people to connect with God. And you wanted to be there to witness it. You wanted to be there to be a part of it. Sometimes you wanted to be there in case you needed a connection. (laughs) Uh, But there was a draw. Now, that was just Billy Graham. This is Jesus, the Lord Almighty. How much more would he draw attention? All of these people would have heard and been curious. And in fact... Because of the miracles that he had done to this point, someone brought to him a man who was unable to hear, deaf. And because of his deafness, most likely, he could hardly talk, but he may have had a speech impediment of some some sort, aside from the fact that he couldn't hear what he was saying. Now, Jesus couldn't just talk to him and tell him what he was going to do, could he? Because the guy couldn't hear. So he reaches out and he touches him. And that type of connection, folks, makes a difference. Jesus took the time to show that much love to this man. Letting him know, yes, I'm going to touch you. Yes, I'm going to heal you. Yes, I'm going to help you. Have you ever felt the touch of the Lord? I have. Have you ever felt his hug? Amen. Glory to God. Wow. That's an exciting time when you get that that closeness with the Lord. This man, he was blessed in the fact that Jesus came to town and people, his friends, pointed him in the direction of Jesus. You know, while they were talking about Jesus coming, this man didn't know. He couldn't hear it. And when they come to get him, you know, I don't know if they made hand gestures or or what, or maybe he could read lips, who knows, I don't know. But but at any rate, his friends wanted to see this man healed. Now, to me, that means this man was loved. 
There were people who loved this man. They wanted to see him healed. Now, there may have also been some selfish motive. You know, hey, I've been taking care of this guy. It's time for him to take care of himself. (laughs) Uh, We never know what what people's motives are exactly, unless it specifically tells us. In this case, we're not told. But the man was brought to the one who could heal. He was brought to the one who who could fix the problem. He was brought to Jesus. Amen? He's the one who can fix anything. He's the one who his whole mission when he came to earth was to restore broken man to God. Wow. There's plenty of broken people in this world, isn't there? I know because I'm one of them. I mean, you know... There's times in my life when I was so shattered and fractured, I didn't know which end was up. I didn't know where I was or who I was. I didn't feel like I had a purpose in life. I felt like nobody loved me. Nobody cared. I felt like, hey, there's no point in living anymore. But God had a different plan. Jesus showed up. He let me know I was loved. He let me know that I had a purpose. He was it. (laughs) Serving him. And through serving him, that means serving others. And boy, it's very wonderful to be loved. It's so wonderful to have a purpose, to know what it is, and to be used by God. And he made us all for his own purpose. He created every single one of us And had a plan for each one of us. He didn't leave anybody out. Every single person on the planet has some purpose in the plan of God. We don't know, but each of us can seek it out in our own relationship with the Father. And he will let us know, hey, look, this is what I want you to do. It may be something simple. You know, uh, there, there are people... I'm sure all of you have met people like this that they're just so happy all the time. You want to be around them no matter what. I mean, you know, you you have an appointment with this person who you know is going to constantly gripe and complain. And then you run into this person that's happy all the time and you're like, hey, I'd much rather spend time with you than... (laughs) You know what I mean? There are people that are just so happy they make you happy. They smile all the time, and, and no matter what happens, it just never seems to phase them. And they're just, so, no big deal. God's still in control. We got this. You, you can do it. They're always encouraging. They're always smiling. And you know, that's such a simple thing. But for most of us, that's just not the way it is. <laughs> uh, but there are people who I believe that that is a gift from God, just to be happy and encouraging all the time. Jesus was an encourager, is an encourager to this day. He also is the great physician. And in this case, this man had probably seen doctors as a child, as a baby, and they said, well, sorry, there's nothing we can do. He was born with this uh, problem. He's deaf and can't speak, and, I mean, there's just nothing we can do. I mean, modern medicine today, who knows? There may have been some surgery now that they could do and perform to help, which, in my humble opinion, that is a miracle, folks. <laughs> uh, all of the modern medicine we have uh, if you woke somebody up from the dead from 100 years ago and told them we can now change a man's heart, they'd be like, <gasps> and die again. <laughs> it would be so hard for them to, to grasp that idea and that thought. So it is a miracle. Modern medicine is from God. This man was healed directly by God. There was no physician who could do anything in his day but the great physician. And the great physician just happened to be there, right? Just happened to show up on the day that, uh, that he had this great need. Well, folks, that's just one of those God moments, and they happen all the time. Where's always when 
there's always a need that somebody has, and Jesus is always there to meet that need when we cry out to him, when we humble ourselves before him. This man was humbled in the fact that he didn't even probably know exactly what was going on. Some people grabbed him by the hand and said, you know, follow me, come on. And they're dragging him along, and they bring him in front of Jesus, not knowing who this is or anything. And that's boom. All of a sudden, this man touches him and sticks his fingers in his ears, spits, and touches his tongue. And he's like, wow, I can hear. Oh, I can talk too. This is awesome. I mean, come on, folks. Can't you put yourself in that place? Imagine. You know, I, I, I tell you, it's a miracle for me right now be if God just touched and healed my knee and I didn't have to worry about surgery. Hey, man, I would love that. Uh, I'd be excited. I'm excited even if he don't. <laughs> He's worth everything. I owe him everything. I wouldn't be if it wasn't for him. But he just speaks. He touches the man and he speaks in probably Aramaic. They think this language is ephetha, uh, which means be opened. Now, we don't know, does, he, does that mean he's opening the ears, opening the mouth, or both? Probably both. Because he's loosing his tongue so that now he will be able to speak plainly and clearly. And uh, now he can hear. I mean, come on. I, I've heard people talk about being at uh, church services where all of a sudden the, the leader of the church service, the, the minister, will, will c- call out. All of anybody in here who has hearing problems that's deaf can't hear Steph Hard. And I'm thinking, why? I didn't hear that. <laughs> but somebody pushes them forward, you know. Somebody helps them get up there. And they say, all right, everybody in here, pray for these people. And then you start hearing. Glory, hallelujah, I can hear. Praise God, I can hear. Does that mean it happens all the time, every time? No, but sometimes it does. Why? Because God's still God and he's still good and he still loves people. Amen. Amen. Jesus, after this great miracle takes place, he says... Now, I know you all are all excited, and I know you're all now are happy and filled with joy, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> don't say a word to nobody. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's like telling the town gossip something and confidence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these people, they were so filled with amazement. They were so excited to see this man who they had been caring for and and looking after for so long, now he can do for himself. Now he's whole. They don't have to care for this man anymore. He can now care for himself. And, you know, that's a wonderful thing. Just think about if you've ever had a family member who was deaf or blind or crippled in some way or some disease that caused them to be needful all the time, somebody needing to care for them. And you know, that's a blessing in a way. We learn so much when we care for people like that. We learn more about love in the process of giving care than we ever did receiving it. But just think, you're watching this person struggle and go through all of these trials and all of the struggles that they have just to get by day to day. And you're also tied up caring for them all the time. And then Jesus shows up and boom. They're healed. They're whole. You're so filled with joy. You're so happy that this one now has their life back. Now they have their wholeness. Now they can be who they were intended to be, who they want to be. They can move on with their life. And 
we are freed up. But the most important thing is because of the love in our hearts that wanted to care for them in the first place. But in the meantime, that love also says, I really pray that one day you'll be made whole. And if that happens, and it doesn't always because that's not always God's purpose. But when it is and you see that happen, it brings so much joy and it deepens our faith so much. Jesus is showing that he is the Christ. He is showing his love for mankind and he is proving that he is God in the flesh. I have the ability he's showing over man's health. I can heal. He has already shown when he calmed the storm, he showed that he had power, authority over nature. He's done that in many ways. He's showing that he has authority over illness, over hell and the demons when he cast out demons. He's showing that he has all authority over all of nature, over all of things. And then people were so amazed and they said, he has, he makes, uh, he has done everything well. There's a few things here. First of all, he's fulfilling prophecy. In Isaiah 35, it said that he would make the deaf ears open. And he even spoke those words, be opened. That he would make the, those who were mute to speak. He's fulfilling prophecy here, folks. He is doing what was prophesied that he would do when he came. And that is proof that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. These are fulfillments of prophecy from 700 years before. And then when it says he has done everything well, what did God say when he finished everything on day six? This is very good. Done everything well. Same thing. Different words. Same thing. Again, this is God. This is God in the flesh. And they said he makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. They are recognizing that he is fulfilling uh, the, the passage from Isaiah. These people would have been probably familiar with that, maybe, maybe not, because these were Gentile folks. But yet, when Jesus was coming, they knew who he was. They had heard ahead of time. You know, we, we have a saying sometimes about people, your, your reputation precedes you. Usually that's not a compliment, but sometimes it is. In Jesus' case, it very much was. His reputation preceded him. They had heard about the miraculous things that he had done. They had heard about how he had criticized the spiritual leaders in the land of Israel. They had heard about how he corrected them and called them hypocrites and a brood of vipers. You, you're just snakes, you know. And so yet he continued not just to criticize but also to teach the other side of the equation. He pointed out their error and then corrected it by telling them the truth. You know what overcomes a lie? The truth. Every time. Every time a lie is told, the truth trumps it. Every time. You know, we hear uh, often today about media being liars and on and on and on. Whether they are or whether they are not is none of my concern. But... There's this saying that people are falling ensnared to. If they tell a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. No, the lie never, never becomes the truth, folks. Never does a lie become true. Never. You cannot make something that is untrue be true. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how many times you tell a lie. It will never 
be true. The truth is in God's word. This is who we need to listen to. This is where we go for truth. This is where we go for our guidance and our counsel. You know, one of the names of Jesus Christ is Wonderful Counselor. He's our counselor. He wants to counsel us in our lives, in every decision that we make. He wants us to call out to him before we make a decision to go do this or to go do that. He wants us to depend upon him and only on him. Does that mean we are not supposed to use doctors or this or that? No, it doesn't mean that. It means we need to ask him first which doctor to go to, whether it's Dr. Jesus or the Dr. Bottle Stopper, you know, whatever the case might be. He will guide us to where we need to be when we need to be there for the right purpose. And as Jim said in his meditation this morning, When we try to do it on our own, we fail miserably. But if we allow him to guide us, we will never be steered wrong by the Lord. Never. Never. You know, the Lord doesn't always miraculously heal people anymore. He does on occasion. Maybe that's not the norm. But it's still an option. (laughs) Uh, You know, we need to believe and trust that what he said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's the same today as he was back then, there's still times when he will do these things. It may not be needed as much as it was back then because we have modern medicine and doctors. But I'll tell you one thing that I have witnessed that I believe more than anything else is after the doctors have done everything they can, we are in the hands of the Lord, folks. There is no question about that. And how we respond to that, whether in faith or in anger, Blaming him. Why did you let this happen to me? Why not? You're human. You're in a human body. It's susceptible to diseases. Why not you? At least as a Christian, if we die, we won't go to hell. But somebody who wasn't, if they had it and died, they would go to hell. So I think it's better if a Christian suffers and dies than someone who hasn't accepted Christ. That's how I see it, folks. And also... When I hear Christians saying, oh, I don't know about this. I, I might get this or I might get that and it'll, it'll kill me. So what? If you die, you're going to be with the Lord. Is that a bad thing? I mean, don't worry about it. Trust God. We're all in his hands and we're all in his time. We're not guaranteed. You know, <laughs> I knew a guy one time. He was a runner, okay? This guy was... Paul had big long legs and hands like, I don't know, Goliath probably. Huge hands. You got to shake hands with you and almost crush your hand. You know, it's like, gee. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a great big guy. He was thin, but man, he could run like the wind. And this guy was in his 60s, okay? And he could still run, you know, like crazy. I'm talking 20 miles a day just for the fun of it. One day while he was on one of his runs, it was the day after he'd had his examination at the doctor. They gave him a perfect bill of health. He killed over in the middle of his run. We never know, folks. When God calls, we're going home. So we need to be prepared always. Live every day every moment of every day as if it could be your last. Why? Because it could be. We don't know. So, if we were to be told you have 30 days to live, what would you do? What would you need to do between you and the Lord? Is there anything that would need to be fixed? Is there anything that you would feel compelled to do? 
If so, get it done. You may not have 30 days. We don't know. Don't wait. Today is a day of salvation. If you have a need, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 370. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Let's stand and sing. seated. We've uh, pretty well covered all the announcements this morning. Uh, Brother Mitch, do you have anything else for us? Uh, as far as I know, we will be having class tonight. Okay. Uh, Mary said that she would be here for class. So 5 o'clock, come back for the Bible study. It's, if you haven't been there, you need to come. Mary is an excellent teacher. She is that. That's a good job. Because good people are not good people, good uh, <laughs> good, good source material. Good illustrations, Right, yes. sure does. Um, well, let's uh, take a look at the... You have, okay, go ahead. Uh, since yesterday we couldn't work because of the snow and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to work sometime during this week. Anywhere from Tuesday to Friday, Mary and I be here in the afternoon. Okay. They want to come and help. We got a lot to do. Okay. From once it warms up. Right. Yeah. It's no kind of weather to be working on a tin roof. Mm. 
things accomplished, right? What we've seen so far, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else then before uh, we stand? Mitch, would you send us out, please? I can do that. All right. Well, do you feel like you've been to church? Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks and praise, Lord, for all of your goodness. Lord, you're so good to us, and we often forget to give you thanks for it. Lord, the very fact that we are breathing is a blessing from you. Our fingers working, whether they're sore or not, it's a gift. The ability to walk, to see, to hear, all of these things are gifts from you. Running water, hot and cold, mm. a soft bed, or hard, whatever you prefer, to sleep in, Lord, with a house that is warm and comfortable with plenty of food to eat. Lord, you're so good to us. We forget it's all from you. We owe you for everything. Lord, help us to live in a way that shows our love for you and for others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.